Hello and welcome to the Just a Reminder podcast. I'm your host, Connor Cohen, and today we have a very special guest on Zoom, Brian Bajari, father of four, friend, speaker at TED. He runs a nonprofit called Spiro Challenge and a hope advocate. Brian, how you doing today? Man, it's good to be here despite all the circumstances we're feeling universally, my friend, but it's good to see you face to face, even though it's not in person. I think this is our new reality for for quite some time you know i've been saying like recently it's like the we just need to learn how to adjust day to day and so i'm trying my best you know i i I haven't been able to see you in a while i always love seeing you being able to chat but i'm glad that we're able to connect through this but i've been able to connect with like everyone through zoom it feels like everyone i'm talking to is just zoom meeting zoom meeting zoom meeting i mean it's a it's definitely a new reality that we live in for sure it really is so the reason that I started my podcast is called the Just a Reminder Podcast. And what that means is I decided to start the podcast as a reminder to myself as how I want to live. So I would constantly just talk about things, uh, you know, based on principles of how I want to live my life and to remind the people that are listening, um, you know, what are, what's a good life to lead. And so one of the, you know, one of the people that I immediately thought of, I was like, who would I want to have on the show? Well, obviously Brian Vajari. Um, and I think this is a crazy time that we're living in right now. And I think people more than ever could really use, uh, some support and, you know, just some words of wisdom. Um, so like with that being said, kind of, what are you doing right now to get through these times? How have you been able to keep some normalcy in your life and, you know, be the hope advocate that you are? Well, I, I think Connor, it's a mindset. I think it's really this is an, no matter where you are in your living, we always face circumstances. We always face unexpected events. And this is a universal unexpected event in some ways, although scientists have been talking about a pandemic for, for decades now that could happen like this. And so now we're experiencing it collectively. And I always think that um, your mindset has to be, even though there's a lot of unknowns, And where there's unknowns, there can be a lot of fear. And we're seeing that in the media. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of panic. We saw that initially, and it's still going on with hoarding of toilet paper, hoarding of uh, paper towels and all that. But I think it's a mindset of understanding that we have an opportunity to shift uh, our consciousness, to to look at this as an opportunity to do some education of ourselves. We may be physically isolated from one another, but we're not physically isolated from our own selves, from our heart, from our mind, from our body, from our spirit. And so I think uh, there's always a day-to-day opportunity to look and ask yourself the question, what is my true north calling in the midst of this? What is, what is, what is it that I'm called to do at this moment and at this time? It's easy to, it's easy to get away and, 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 uh, and phase out through Netflix or through Prime Video or Hulu or whatever. That's, that's easy. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm taking care of my dad right now who has Alzheimer's. And so I, I, I spent some time watching Netflix with him and that's been really good, um, entertaining. Um, but I think it's one of those things where, hey, maybe I need to do 10 push-ups right now. Mm. Maybe, I, maybe I just need to read uh, a chapter or even just five pages of that book I've been meaning to pick up. Maybe I need to physically write a letter to somebody I haven't talked to and, and ask yourself, 
you know, and I don't believe in coincidences. I think, I, I think there's no such thing in our universe as a coincidence. I only believe in, in synchronicity and serendipity and, and in many instances, faith. And so when somebody comes to mind, you know, I think that's a prompter. And, and inevitably, I've had, have had those occasions where somebody comes to mind, I give them a call or text them, and they, just like we're doing right now before this, uh, I was just texting you, you're right on right. my mind. I'm like, yeah, no coincidence. So, right. so, so take advantage of that, and, and there's no, just take a little risk and, and call that person. Yeah, for sure. Being able to, you know, figure out any way to really, you know, to connect as best as we possibly can through these, you know, crazy, uh, crazy times. And, and like, for, like what you're doing, right, Connor, with your, with your podcast is you, this is a reminder to yourself and, and to those who are listening to you and following this podcast, a reminder that I want to be my best me, right? This is, yeah. this is why I'm doing this. You're stepping up to the plate every day, you know, putting a podcast together, utilizing the technology at your disposal and getting the message out to the world. You may not be able to do it physically, but now you're doing it digitally, and that's an amazing thing. So hats off to you, my friend. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, and you said it, 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 you know, it starts with the mindset. And so, you know, what are some things that, you know, you have, what are some tools or some techniques that you kind of use to keep a positive mindset and to keep a solid mindset in times of turbulence? So one, I think there's, there's all sorts of tools. I'm sure that you, you practice some of these uh, you know, try and have a morning routine. You know, I make my bed every morning. Yeah, that's and, huge. And, and that's a big one. And, and people kind of uh, say, that's why am I going to make my bed if, if I'm going to get back into it later tonight? It's just getting something done. And one of the things that I like to do is just take a, a big, deep breath of air when I wake up, just a, and be grateful. Think mm. about two, three, four things that I'm grateful for get out of bed, go do my routine in the bathroom, do a few push-ups, make my bed, make my coffee. Now, I know I've got those things right ahead of me. And so that sets me up for interaction with my dad in a good way in the morning, who I'm, who I'm taking care of. And uh, you're, on your, you're on your way for an interesting morning already. Um, and now, now you have an opportunity to think about, okay, well, I've done those things. Now, do I need to go take care of myself by taking a walk? Or do I need to call somebody? Or do I need to write something? Or do I need to read something? Or do I need to do just go down to my garage or my exercise room and, and pump up, pump some iron? I don't know. I don't know. What, what, right. what's, keeping you, what's keeping you going, brother? You know, and it, you know, it's actually touching on the morning routine. I was listening to, I listened to this podcast called Seven Good Minutes. I used to, I don't listen to it anymore. Uh, but it's this, this, the host just puts a compilation of different things. So, you know, one day you're listening to Tony Robbins, the next it's Les Brown, the next it's some other person that you've never heard of, but it's always just seven things. And um, the, the thing that got me to start doing my morning routine is he is one of these guys, he said, you know, you would never go into war without a game plan. And I was right. like, I was like, I don't really understand. He explained it. And he's like, you know, all day it's just variable after variable, bad mood after bad mood after a person that cuts you off after your drink is made wrong after this and that. And it's like, if you don't go into that with, you know, a consistent preparation, how could you ever 
you know, get through the day, you know? And so that's big for me. I have my morning routine and my nighttime routine leads into it. You know, my, my, my nighttime routine, I get the coffee ready. I lay my clothes out. And then by the time I get up, my morning routine leads right into making coffee, putting on my clothes, doing my morning meditation. And then, you know, and then, then I give myself an hour like I do any other day, which I think is important for people right now is, you know, trying to keep as much normalcy as possible. So like, if you give yourself an hour to get ready in the morning when you have work, try not to let that change because yeah. that'll kind of keep a good, it, it, it's keeping that routine, right? So for me, it's been a lot of meditation. It's been mm -hmm. a morning meditation, a noon meditation, and then an evening meditation. Um, on top of keeping my creativity going, I need to be able to express myself somehow. And if I'm not doing it creatively, uh, then I'm not getting myself out there. And then, you know, just these feelings start to build up. Uh, so just really trying to stay creative, stay positive, and then keep, uh, keep the, uh, keep it all flowing. Yes. Cause I think a lot of people are becoming stagnant and then yeah. there's, you know, this emotional buildup of tenseness and, you know, trying to keep it flowing. Whenever you have a lot of energy coming into you, you need to be able to get that energy out. Cause if you don't get that energy out, then it sits there and it, it, it rots from the yeah. inside. 100%. And I think that's a great point. I think, um, the, the good, the good, the good flow of that energy when you're meditating or when you're doing a physical activity that you feel yourself in that flow state, you feel the flow state because it's coming in you and it's going out of you. It's this beautiful, it's, it's very, you know, Tai Chi like it's very almost you're in this different kind of zone in your, in your, in your living. And it's a powerful place to be. But a lot of us right now, I think that the, like we said earlier, a lot of us, we don't know what to do with this extra time on our hands. Right. What I'm sitting in this room like I'm in a prison. I mean, again, it's a mentality. Is it a prison or are there books that I can read? There are, is there something, a pen and a piece of paper that I can write a, a quick note to a friend and send it in the mail to them? Uh, is there a, do I have access to Facebook? Yes, I do. Do I have access to Instagram? Yes, I do. Can I send somebody a message? Yes, I can. What are the big obstacles that are pe that people are feeling right now? The problems there, there's fear, there's panic, there's uncertainty, there's doubt, there's loneliness, there's isolation, there's, there's a, a possibility of losing. I mean, a lot of friends have already lost their jobs. So, I mean, I mean, all the psychological stressors are coming at people in waves. And so in our, in our minds, we have that fight, flight or freeze mechanism. And, and a lot of us are freezing. We just freezing in depression, freezing right. in isolation. And it's, it's, can I wake up from that? And you can be Connor, this can be a catalyst for people to wake up as a remind, a daily reminder to yourself and to other people. You know what? I'm not alone in this. That's right. a reminder. A reminder is that we're, we're hardwired for community. We're hardwired to be with one another. And again, we can't physically be with one another right now, but that doesn't mean we can't reach out in, in more consistent ways online. And so take that risk like you're doing right now with, with your podcast, uh, your video podcast. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I just, my last episode was on uh, compassion. I did this kind of three episode series where I started with learning how to listen and whenever you're able to listen and understand someone, then you can have empathy and kind of feel what they're feeling. And when you have empathy, then you can, you know, have compassion for someone and, and, and actually help that situation. And 
uh, I actually read that there's a scientific evolution for having compassion because, because of how we evolved and our birth canals shrank and our heads largened, we have to care for our offspring a lot longer than really any other mammal. And we, because of that, we've actually developed this sense of having to care for one another um, that no other species really has, uh, which was really interesting to me. And we are all hard, hardwired, like you said, to you know, be interactive, to care and help each other. And so it's in these times that we have to learn how do we, you know, and, and, you know, one of the other things, you know, we're social creatures, right? Like whenever they do something bad to you, whenever you do something bad, they put you in jail. Whenever you do something bad in jail, they put you in isolation, right? Like we are not, we are not designed to be alone. Uh, and so learning to tap back into that, that compassion, that, that natural, that we, that natural tendency that we have and trying to, you know, hopefully that will help combat the negative energy that comes with not being able to interact uh, with humans. And I think, uh, you know, the people that have a lot of compassion were shown compassion, you know, at some point or another, they were shown compassion by someone, what it is to, you know, what it is to have your emotions valued and and validated. Um, And so then it's, you know, those people's duties to show compassion towards uh, one another and, you know, just help each other, you know, get through this time. And, you know, one thing I know about you that not a lot of people will know is when you're one of your big theses is uh, you're turning pain into a, into a gift and you have, you have a fantastic story. Uh, Would you mind telling a little bit about that story um, with your good friend? Well, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a mantra I like to use quite a bit. I, I, uh, and I'm stealing it and it's not, it's, it's a, it's a phrase I'm stealing from a Franciscan monk um, uh, named uh, uh, Richard Rohr. He's a great writer, great speaker, but the the basic premise is, and this is a psychological spiritual premise is that we all carry pain. Each one of us, no matter, no matter what, and some of us carry more pain than others, but your pain is your pain. And what you do with that pain is very, very important. And so the mantra really is if, if you don't transform the pain within you, you will always transmit that pain to other people around you. That's a good one. But if you learn to transform that pain, it becomes a position of power and influence in your life. And so, you know, and that's one of the key. So you see a lot of people who are very, very uh, uh, successful in their living. And I don't want to say successful in just a financial aspect. I'm successful in that they're living their truest, deepest, true north calling. They've learned how to take the pain that they grew up with. And that can be anything. It could have been a, they could have been isolated as children. They could have been abused. They could have been uh, sexually or physically or, or, or emotionally abused. Uh, they could have had a, a traumatic experience. They take that pain from childhood, learn to transform it, and it becomes a position of influence and power. Not unlike what you did with, with your cousin, the pain that you felt with your cousin, and, and how ALS, you didn't really know a whole lot about ALS, but you started researching. You started putting your mind, your body, your whole life into this, and now you're an advocate to ending this disease called ALS. And, and you're, you're an influencer in that realm because it was a painful point for you. And instead of just kind of pushing that pain away, you decided, you know what, I'm going to transform it. It's, the pain still hurts. The pain, the pain still hurts no matter what. But you decided to walk through that pain 
you walk through the fire and then you're finding another destination on the other side. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so I've seen this consistently um, when I've, when I, when I've been in refugee camps in, in East Africa or in the Middle East, I've seen people in, in the worst, direst conditions and they haven't given up. And they're learned, they've learned ways to take what they're experiencing, as painful as it is, and transform it into a kind of flourishing of their lives. And to me, that's, it's, 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 a, it's a miracle. And, and so um, we have a, we're all in some kind of pain right now. I mean, it sucks. I'm a very social guy. I hate being just alone in a room yeah, or just 100%. with dad, right? But, but we're finding ways to break through that like you're doing um, and reaching out to people through a podcast, uh, through a phone call, through a text message, whatever, and it, it transforms something. And I'm asking you, Connor, this is an interesting time. Of course, the, the whole world hasn't gone through anything like this. Um, you know, maybe World War II, but this is, this is impacting every country, uh, everybody, rich or poor. I mean, the, the prime minister in the, in the UK right now is going right. to, you know, the ICU. We're going to face probably close to 20,000 deaths in the United States in just a few days. And that could double and double and double in an exponential curve. We're experiencing these, these crazy emotions. But how, you know, from, from your perspective as a millennial, and I'm an old dude, I'm a Gen Xer, um, and, uh, and us Gen Xers are kind of the lost generation between the baby boomers and the millennials. Um, you really are. You guys don't get enough credit. We don't get enough credit. We, we, <laughs> really, we really don't. We really don't. I read this great article the other day. Uh, the writer said, you know, during this pandemic, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but saying that during this pandemic, this is where Gen Xers shine because we're used to waiting in lines, and we're used to being self-isolated, and we're the first generation of being latchkey kids where both parents work and being alone. And so we can thrive in this time. Gen Xers rise to the occasion. This is you guys' time. <laughs> but but, but for the, from a millennial perspective, how do, you, how do you get the message out to the world that now more than ever is the time to be neighbors again, the time to reach out? I mean, from your perspective, how does that, how does that work? What are, you, what, what are the conversations that you're having with, with the people that are around you and, and your age category? You know, so for me, it, um, it goes back to, I, I go back to every moment that goes by and every decision that we make uh, is either going to make us worse or better, and, but we're never going to be the same. Uh, so every decision that I make is a vote for the kind of character I am, for the kind of person I am. And so I am as, as quickly as I possibly can adapting and finding new ways to connect and then just accepting what the world is giving. Uh, and a lot of people are trying to fight what the world is giving them right now. And it's causing a lot of trouble, right? People are just like, well, why can't I go, you know, to like my brother works at Lowe's and people are walking into the store board and he's like, you know, unfortunately, if you're not here to buy something, you know, he walks up, Hey, what can I get for you? And they're like, Oh, we're just kind of bored going for a walk. And he's like, unfortunately, you know, you got to go home. I'm so sorry if there's anything I can help you with. You know, I, I'd be happy to help, but if not, uh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And, you know, people are fighting what the world is giving them right now. And it's causing a lot of negative feelings. And so for me, it's like how I just need to accept what the world is giving me. All right. I can't go within six feet of people. You know, like today I went and tried to shake a person's hand and they were like, hey, and I was like, you are 100% right. Please don't shake my hand. Right. Because I'm just in that habit. Uh, but, 
learning how to accept that I can't go uh, in front of people or, you know, with people, the next step is, okay, what do I do the best way to connect? And for me, it's just like, I am on my phone 24 seven. I am constantly on the computer. I'm constantly on social media. And just a few weeks ago, you know, someone would have said, wow, your average daily time on your phone is six hours. What a terrible person you are. But now it's like, oh my God, you're talking with so many people, right? right? So it's like, just adapting, you know, trying to learn how to use Zoom as quick as I possibly can, FaceTiming as many people as I can, texting, calling. Um, I think that this is going to be an interesting time because I think that people are going to learn how to use the internet. I think people are going to develop uh, the internet. New apps are going to come out that are going to learn how to, people are going to learn how to connect over the internet and over technology in ways that we would have never even dreamed uh, were possible. And afterward, uh, you know, the relationships are going to be so much, so much stronger. You know, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of, a, a point that my dad and I made is, you know, my, we make fun of my brother because he's always playing video games. Okay. Always. And we're like, Dylan, like hop off of video games. Well, now we're sitting here on zoom all the time and we're like, I get it now. It's not about the video games. Like you were never playing video games for the video games. You were playing it because this is how you and your friends connect. And so I think, a lot of the older generation is going to understand where the younger generation is coming from, where it's like, Hey, we're not, we're not on technology because it's technology because it's fun. We're on it because this is, this is just how we connect. You guys play football in the backyard. We play video games and it's, it's going to create this cohesiveness and this connectivity that was, that couldn't have been there any other way. Right. And so for me, it's just learning how to adapt uh, day in and day out and taking every day, uh, taking it day by day, hour by hour, breath by breath and just taking what the world gives me and, you know, trying not to get caught up in the, uh, the storm as much as I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's thank you for, thank you for, uh, saying that Connor and, and, and kind of bringing that to, to my attention. Um, I think that's a really powerful thing to be able to say and remind people and remind yourself of, um, I know, I know, I mean, this is going to get worse before it gets better. I, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a realist that way. Yeah. I, I, I hope and I hope for the best, pray for the best, but you kind of have to sometimes anticipate the worst. But so how do you anticipate the worst by also kind of maintain, maintaining a perspective that this is also an opportunity for, for self-growth and for, for, for new growth in your own life? And that's a big kind of tension that we're all walking tenuously we, and we don't know the death rate how we don't know if it's going to come the, the the coronavirus is going to come back again in the fall come back over a period in, in waves we don't know what's going to happen with all the people who've lost their jobs don't have an income um you know i've seen it in slums and refugees refugee camps desperate people do desperate things that we potentially could see social unrest so more anxiety uh, more fear more panic and so what do you do? Um, and and these, these, this is the message that is so crucial. You're here for a reason. You're here somehow, some way, uh, whether you believe it or not, you, you chose this time to live in. This is your time to live in. Even though you, you look around and you're like, man, this sucks. It might suck, but it also might be something absolutely important for you to learn from uh, individually and with, with your friends around you. A friend of mine sent me, uh, 
sent me this. I'm going to read it to you if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and this is from, from Anne Frank. Uh, you know, of course, Anne Frank's diaries. She was, she was the young girl who wrote her diary during the Nazi occupation. Yep. And, uh, and he said it, it has came out from, from something he wrote to put things in perspective for those of us feeling a little bit stir crazy already Anne Frank and seven other people hid in a 450 foot square foot attic attic for 761 days, quietly trying to stay, to remain undiscovered, to stay alive. We can all do our part to keep everyone safe and just spend some time at home. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different perspective. We're not in World War II where Nazis are coming looking for, looking for people to capture and, 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 and send to their, their uh, camps, their death camps. Um, so we can be grateful that we're not in Anne Frank's position. We have an opportunity to maybe read her diary at this point. If we're feeling isolated, man, how does a little girl remain quiet, barely surviving on food, and just finding a way to write out her story so the rest of the world can learn from her? I mean, she, that's another example of a young girl in isolation transforming her pain and now she's an, she's she's influenced the entire world as a teenager even though she died right unfortunately uh through the nazi occupation yeah. so you know, and for me it goes back to like i have i have this saying that i go back to it's always be grateful but never be satisfied like yeah. you can like you have so much like i have so much to be grateful for i live in beautiful carmel california Yes. I live in a house. Right. I have a bed in my house. I have my own bedroom. I have food. I know where my food is going to come from. I'm eating steak tonight. Like that, like I have so much to be grateful for. At the same time, I'm never satisfied and I always want to be better, but I'll never be, I'll never be not grateful for, for what I don't have because you know, at the end of the day, what you have is what you have. And you have a, you know, a lot of people don't have the stuff that you have. I have my health. I don't have coronavirus. Like, right. and even if I do, I might be asymptomatic. I don't have to go through the symptoms of having coronavirus and I'm yeah. not spreading it. Like I have so much to be grateful for. And, you know, uh, and it, it goes back to, you know, I think a lot of people, they don't understand what they're capable of. Like you, you can, if you needed to, you could be in an attic, a 450 foot attic for 761 days, something like that, um, if you needed to, because at the end of the day, you would do what you had to do. People will do what they have to do. People are, uh, people can achieve amazing things, but people don't give themselves the credit. They cut themselves short. You just need to break through that mental barrier and be like, man, I got this. Like, this is easy. This is a cake. This is a, this is a cakewalk. 100%. Uh, and it goes, go ahead. No, no, please go, go, go. For me, it, it, uh, you know, an aspect of it is who you surround yourself with and what you surround yourself with. Um, the, you know, another reason I started this podcast was because the reason I would, uh, the reason I'm con making content now is because I would surround myself with all of this positivity content. I have, uh, you know, I would constantly be reading positivity books. I'd be memorizing Tony, uh, Tony Robbins speeches. This is what wow. I would do for fun. Um, and it was just, you know, it goes back to who you surround yourself with, what you surround yourself with. So if you surround yourself with people that think that you can do it, that are optimistic, even if you're not optimistic, even if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, if you are surrounding yourself with people that can see light at the end of the tunnel, eventually you're going to see that light too. They're going to open your eyes. Um, 
And it just, you know, you have to be able to surround yourself with, with, with people that have the light when, you know, you, when you can't hold the, hold the torch. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And, um, we have that, we have that, uh, opportunity to, you know, be a little bit of that light for somebody around us. I think you're inspiring me to, uh, to maybe create my own podcast. You know, that's, that's kind of, I, I'm enjoying this back and forth very much. And I, I, I do know that, you know, a podcast can be a very powerful tool. Um, it is. I, I, of course, you know, all the great ones, the Joe Rogans, the Tim Ferriss's, you know, those guys have big followings, um, but they started small. And, and it's a good way to get out a message of, hey, man, we're in this together. We're, we're in this not as, not as a, you know, uh, first and third world countries. We're in this as a collective human experience. Yeah. And so I think part of this, too, is really interesting in the mindset, having worked with um, a lot of uh, um, impoverished uh, populations, whether it's, it's, it's uh, former child soldiers in, in East Africa or whether it's the chronic homeless population here in Monterey. It's very interesting. Um, I, think it, it's, it, I think there's a little bit of a, a what, what we talked about, what you talked about in terms of empathy. That a lot of our poorer populations, this is kind, kind of day-to-day, day-to-day is all they have. Mm-hmm. They, they don't understand what's going to happen the next day where their food's going to come from or where their work's going to come from, if they even have a chance of getting work. Now we have the opportunity to think, oh my God, some of the people that I see out in the streets who are trying to, trying to survive or they, maybe they look like they've just given up, they have to go through in some ways metaphorically and also physically what we're just learning to experience right now, just the day by day. And really that's all we have is, is the present moment. It's really, and that's where the, the mindset, the heart set, the spirit set, the physical self set, where that comes in. And it's a decision every day to say, I want to see why I'm still here on this earth. I have something new to learn today and I have something to contribute. I matter and I belong for some reason. And I want to go discover that truth like it's a treasure of gold waiting to be discovered right now. The adventure of you is beginning to open up. So look at this as an opportunity, right? Like you're doing and you're inspiring me to, to, to do the same. And I, I, I really love that, Connor. You know, for, uh, you know, thank you so much for that. Um, means a lot, you know, and for me, it's like a lot of people, I feel like they discount what, what their gift is. Like people, like some people's true gift is I, uh, I was listening to this Steve Harvey thing and he was saying, he's like, man, your gift, it might be detailing cars. Yeah. Your gift might be just detailing cars. Your gift might be mowing lawns. You might just like it. You might, that just might be your gift. Your gift might be starting a podcast. Like for me, like I like inspiring change in people. I feel like that's my gift. I feel like I'm good at it. I like to do it. Even if like my estimated audience, whenever I upload my podcast, it says four people listen to me. And I'm like, hey, if one of those people liked it, that's all I need. I don't need the biggest following. I just need one person to be like, that was a good point. You help me, you help me see it like this right here, right? Like I like hearing you say, man, I want to start my own podcast now. Like, that's yeah. my gift. I feel like that's my gift. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how big or how small your gift be. Your gift could be, uh, you know, you might be 
driven by money. Like that might be your thing straight up. And like I was telling at the, uh, at the we day thing that we spoke at, at Carmel high, um, the, you know, Miss Canberra, the teacher that put it on came back and asked, you know, she talked to me and she said, you know, I think you really drove it home. And I just talked about being real and being true to yourself. And I said, some people like, you know, that conference that day was obviously about helping people. And I said, some people like don't want to help people. Like straight up, like they're not driven. Like they don't want to go build schools in Africa. They want to be a bazillionaire and then cut a check for a hundred thousand dollars and say, go build a school in Africa. Right. Um, and you know, I feel like people get caught up in like, well, other people say it's not, you know, that's not cool. Or other people will say, well, that's not a good thing to be in. And it's like, you just have to, whatever is calling you mm-hmm. just continue that. Like I keep telling people like right now, like I am so, I literally see everyone. Everyone is an artist right now. And I am so happy. Like everyone is just like making music videos for no reason. Everyone is making art. Everyone is making their own music. Everyone is drawing, painting. Everyone is learning what they want to do. And it's like, can we just have a coronavirus outbreak like every few years, please? So everyone can just figure out what they want to do. Like people are going crazy right now, just making art and making all this stuff. And people are making, like people are starting podcasts because they don't have anyone to talk to. So they're talking their thoughts out. And then, it goes viral like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's awesome to see people tapping into their gifts and people need to learn to just shut it all out. Right. And tap into, well, what is my gift? And you can't listen to everyone else because the reality is is not even, not even your mom knows what your gift is because not your mom doesn't know everything about you. Shocker. That's a shock (laughs) to a lot of people, but like your mom doesn't know you as well as you know you. No one knows you as well as you know you, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your brother, your sister, your cousin. No one knows you as well as you know you. And so tap into what, what do I keep going back to? Like you have nothing but time in the world. What is like, what do you want to do during while you're stuck at home? Do you like to draw? I don't, I don't like to draw. I like to take a lot of pictures. That's what I like to do. I like, I like to talk and I like to take pictures. Those are my gifts. And live into them. Exactly. And lean into it, figure it out. And then you might, you might be like five days in, you're like, Oh, well that was, that was a fad. That was just, that was a quick thing. I'm, I'm not into it. Don't judge yourself about it. You didn't right. find it yet. That's fine. Lean into it is right. Lean into that. You know, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And, 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 and self-explore in that. I, I remember watching, um, this is a, this is a few years ago and I was up in Oakland and there was this older gentleman, must've been in his seventies and, 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 uh, he was washing his car, something I don't like to do, but I was watching, he's washing his car in a parking lot at a, at a, at a restaurant. I'm like, that's, that's interesting. And, and what he was doing he was dancing while he was washing the car. He put up the music and he had some of this R&B music and he was just dancing all around, washing his car, having the best time in his life. He, he made some kind of laborious task into really kind of a fun work of art. Had I had, had, I had the wherewithal, I should have filmed it. It would have been a viral YouTube video, you know? So yeah. it's just even something as mundane, as silly, as boring as washing your car, can become an, a, an event. It can become an adventure, right? And so I think one of those things, like uh, the hero's journey is so crucial. Joseph Campbell, who, who kind of, he wrote the book on it, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. And he, uh, he actually lived here in Pacific Grove for, uh, for a bit of time, knew Steinbeck. But he understood that all of us are called to a hero's journey, but not all of us live into our own hero's journey. That, that, that doesn't mean you become a hero. It means you're living into your, both your bravery and your vulnerability. So you can't be, you can't be brave without being vulnerable. Yep. 
right? And a lot of people in, in, in Western cultures, uh, we think bravery is all about being tough, having no scars, always being right. That's not right. You ask anybody who has to be brave, our nurses, our doctors, firefighter, police officers, uh, Navy SEALs, uh, whomever, uh, athletes that excel, you have to be vulnerable in order to be brave. You have to risk failure in order to succeed. You know, Tiger Woods is one of the most successful golfers in the world because he made more mistakes than anybody else, right? I mean, that's Tom Brady, one of the most successful quarterbacks in the history of the world, made more mistakes than anybody else, but he also worked hard to rectify those mistakes. And so one of the big things that I say to people too is that if, if and when you begin your hero's journey, the best journeys are those journeys in which you have light enough for the very next step. So you take that next step and then the right people at the right time in the right places begin to show up, but they often look like the wrong people in the wrong times and in the wrong places. And so, you know, Joseph Campbell makes the, you know, he, he, he writes about the empire strikes back, you know, the, the star Wars, the second star Wars movie uh, way back in the, what the 1970, late 1970s, early eighties mm-hmm. and Luke Skywalker, right? He, he's, he's been given this mission to go meet a master, uh, a master Jedi. And, and he goes to this planet called Dagobah and, and he, crashes into a swamp and it's ugly and it smells and it's humid and this creature comes out, you know, this little short thing comes out and uh, green with big ears and, and he's making jokes and he seems like a fool. And uh, Luke Skywalker says, I'm, I'm seeking master Yoda, the Jedi. Have you seen him? Do you know where he lives? And, and you know this, how the story ends, right? The story ends, he says, you know, you see Yoda, Yoda, you see. And, and he says, I'm Yoda. And it's like, you're Yoda? How can you be Yoda? You're small, you have big ears, you're green, you're old, and you're the master Jedi. But the, the, the point being is he was the right person for Luke, even though Luke had all completely different expectations of who it would be. He was probably expecting somebody uh, stronger, bigger, uh, more, more swarthy and masculine. But no, it's the little guy, the unexpected people that come along in your path that give you just enough wisdom to move on into the next part of your journey. And, that, and that's where, Connor, what you're saying, lean into it, push yourself into it, and then see what happens the next day and the next day and the next day. And finally, you know, after a number of days, you found yourself down a pretty amazing path. Is it dangerous? Yeah. Is it a little bit treacherous? Heck yeah. But nothing worth doing right. doesn't have danger, right? Right. And like, and it, it, going back to that like vulnerability and being vulnerable, I just did a, an episode not too long ago where I talked about you know, Tom Brady. And he's been in the NFL. He, he's regarded as the greatest football player to ever play. The GOAT. Okay? The GOAT. He played, love, him he's, him. love him or hate him. Love him or hate him. He's yeah. the GOAT. He's played 20 years in the NFL, but he's won six Super Bowls. So you could argue that he has lost 14 times. Does anyone right. talk about the 14 times? No. Right. Only, everyone only talks, and he's the GOAT, and he won six out of 20 years. People are afraid to lose once. I know. But they don't know that if you lose 14 times, you might win the next six. It's What's okay great? to lose. Like, yeah, it's okay. Point. Yeah. Beautiful. You know? You know what I mean? And like, I read this thing and it was also going back to like being the, you know, the courageous, 
you know, tough guy, doesn't, doesn't fear anything. And I read this thing, courage isn't, isn't not being fearful or not, it's, it's looking fear in the face and saying, what's going on? 100%. 100%. You know what I mean? So I think people are needing to learn how to, you know, sort of lean into, you know, the fears and, uh, what would you say, how, how would you go about like leaning into something that's super scary like this? Like maybe just accepting like this is not going to be okay for a long time. You know, uh, a, a shift that I've been telling people to make is you want to know how to flatten the curve is accepting that it's going to affect one of you. It's going to affect you or someone, you know, that's going to flatten the curve. So how would you uh, help someone, you know, really just that, that's scared, you know, try to, go on that journey of confronting the fear and not just in this scenario, but maybe in other scenarios too, where they're scared to take that leap of faith to do what they want to do or whatever. Yeah. That's a great question. I, I always, I always say start small, you know, it, it starts small. If it's, if it's uh, if you can't do, if you want to get stronger, maybe you start with doing one push up, and then, the next day, two push-ups. Building up. The next day, three push-ups. If it's if it's something else, um, you know, if you want to learn how to play the piano, we got great YouTube teachers on, you know, right now accessible. If it's um, like uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, uh, he wrote, uh, you know, the the great Gulag Ar- Archipelago series, and then also um, One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich which is about um, a Russian dissident or not really. He, he was a Russian figure that was imprisoned in, in a, in a, in a gulag in, in Russia. And one thing that kept him going was that he, he took care of his teeth. He found a way to get a little piece of string and to floss every day. And that gave him hope that he was taking care of himself for a reason that one day he would be able to smile and present his teeth out in public. And so he didn't want, it sounds so obscure, but what a powerful metaphor. Start small and lean into that thing. Um, and, and what might be cooking, it might be something, I don't know, what, whatever it is, lean into that. Um, and, and then, and again, trust your instincts. Trust, uh, if somebody does come to mind, Send them a text message. Say, hey, you came to mind just thinking of you. Doesn't have to be long. Thinking of you and know that I'm sending you my love. Mm. And Send- one, thing, one thing that I want to tap into, which is uh, start small. And then another, another thing for me is and be consistent. Yeah. So don't, right? Like if you want to start cooking, don't make one meal and then, you know, say, oh, well, I'll never be. I'll never be Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Start small, but then be consistent on it and be accountable and get someone to hold you accountable. If you can't hold yourself, um, whatever it is, right. If you want to learn the piano, start small, but consistently play, even if it's only five minutes every other day or, or every day, just be consistent. Um, even if it is just, you know, one push up at a time, two push ups, three, uh, be, be consistent in that. Take respons- and, and take responsibility, right? Yeah. Take responsibility for your, for your actions and for yourself. And don't think that anybody else is going to do it for you. They're not, and one of the problems I have 
right now is I think a lot of people are just expecting the government's going to fix everything. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to get political here. I'm not either right or left or whether if you're independent, green party, what it doesn't matter. But what politician has ever taken care of you personally? Mm. Right. Not personally. Yeah. Not personally. Now, and, and, I, and I'm feeling this kind of this wave of, well, you know, I'm going to get a $1,200 check by the government. Okay, that's nice, potentially, but, you know, we're potentially looking at one of the greatest financial resets in the history of the world right now. We don't even know what the economic consequences are. So go learn about what money is. You were talking about money earlier. Learn, learn the history of what money is. Um, understand what it means when the Federal Reserve starts printing a massive amounts of money and pumping it back into the system. Right. Where is the value? Where is the inherent value? What is the stock market all about? Why potentially are, are people in baby boomers going to really be reeling because the stock market dropped by 30% could be even going down more and all their pensions are gone or their, their 401ks are gone. So, so, you know, learn about money and take responsibility for yourself. The government is not there to protect. They're not going to come and bail you out. Right. They're, they're corporations and things that are too big to fail that we were kind of fed off of, fed on uh, in 2008, but you're too small for them to want to, to see you succeed. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to take responsibility for yourself, surround you with the very best people, surround yourself with daily reminders to take responsibility and lean into what you want to become. Nobody can do it for you. You have to find the invitation within yourself and take that invitation and say, you know what? I'm not going to just live by other people's standards. I'm going to live into what my true north is, and I'm going to go discover that. I might not know it right now, but I have an inkling. I have a hunch. I have this intuition that if I do this, that's going to be a good path to go on. For me, for me, it goes, I feel like there's two camps of people. So I feel like there's people that want to control everything. So they take responsibility of everything. Right. And then there's the people that don't take responsibility for anything at all. Right. I feel like those are the two major camps. You got like the control freak and then you have like the victim mentality. Yes. But there's, there's a middle ground, right? You can't control what you can't control. Right. But then having that mindfulness of saying, but I can control, you know, how I react to the situation. I can control I, I can't, I can't stop coronavirus. I can't cure it. I'm not a doctor. Can't right. do that. But what I can't control is me staying at home and six feet apart from people. Yes. I can't control if people walk up or are, are, are okay with walking near me in the store, but I can't walk away from them. Yes. I can't, I can't control if they want to walk near me, but I can walk away if I want to. Yes. I can't control if someone cuts me off, but I can control how I react to them. hundred percent. I think people need to, uh, uh, especially in these times, people's uh, moods get exaggerated in times of uh, crisis and, and turbulence. And, you know, they fall into the victim or the control freak and people yeah. just need to recenter and find that, that middle ground. If I can't control everything and I, and, you know, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. I'm not God. I, I wish I was. I wish I could. I wish I could just snap and it's gone. I wish I could snap and everyone, you know, I could cure cancer, but I can't. And it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, especially whenever you have like 
someone that might be at risk. Like, you know, I know a few people that are at risk and it's like, I wish I could just do everything in my power to make sure they didn't have to leave home and they would be perfectly safe. Um, the reality is, is I can't, and I have to just be able to be okay with it. Um, and then take, and then take responsibility for what now, what, now that I accept what I can't control, now I need to look at what I can control and do the best of my ability to help myself and help the people around me get through uh, this time. 100%. 100%. And that's, that's how we're going to get through this. And that's what we're, how we're going to learn more about ourselves. And that's how we can uh, get through this as, as not just a nation, but as a global community of, of human beings. And, you know, we have control about being distant, you know, wearing a mask now of, of not going out when you don't have to go out. So, um, and then the rest of it, you, you look, you know, you're in, maybe you're stuck inside, but what, what are the opportunities right in front of you? Exactly. Right in front of you. So love talking with you, brother. This is good. I love you. I love talking with you too, man. Love you too. Um, now, is there now just to kind of close it out? One one thing that you just want to tell the people listening, just one anything. It can be about you. It can be about anything. It could be a random fun fact that you know. Um, and then the second thing is, what's one thing that you would remind them on? What is one thing that you would just like to remind them? Yeah, the floor is yours. I think. Uh, well, I'll say this. I'll say. Um, we're in a we're in a position where we can peek out of the matrix a little bit and and the matrix that we've been living in is a as a compete win dominate matrix you know it's it's the the toughest the strongest that get to the top and we pound those who to on the bottom to get up to the top and that's a matrix that we've been in some ways fed to believe that's the only way to live. And my, my hope in this is what you're doing and, and, and maybe what I'll be doing with, with a future podcast is what about the culture of hospitality and what about the culture of wisdom and what about the culture of compassion? You know, those, those are more powerful and meaningful ways of living. I'm a hospitable person, if I'm somebody who seeks wisdom and who wants to listen to the wisdom of others, and if I'm someone who, who seeks to uh, give and show compassion, that's a much better way to live than compete, win, dominate. Different mindset. And so we have the opportunity right now to kind of peek our heads and our eyes outside of this matrix that we've been fed to believe is true and ask ourselves, what is meaningful? What does meaningful living look like? And this is the reset we're going through, is that uh, meaningful living is I want to be connected to people I care about and to love my family and love those around me and, and actually learn maybe to be a neighbor again. You know, maybe my neighbor who is too old to go out and buy uh, you know, some groceries, you know, I have the opportunity to reach out to that neighbor and say, I'll, I'll go do that. I'll put your groceries and I'll disinfect my hands. And I'll put your groceries in, at your door and then I'll call you and text you when your groceries are delivered. Um, we have the opportunity to do those kinds of things. Um, um, you know, other than that, fun fact, you know, I, 
a while ago, I just, I, I, this is probably about four or five years ago. I decided, you know, every year I want to try and learn something else. So I decided I'd learn how to play the spoons. And so, yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're in a place, you just want, you know, I'll, I'll show you how to play the spoon. Love it. <laughs> simple thing. Simple thing. It sounds dumb, but that's, that's, uh, I always try and find simple, dumb things to I love to it. Do. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, okay. So if, if someone wants to reach out to you or if someone wants to, uh, learn the spoons, how can they find <laughs> you on Instagram or, uh, Facebook or anything like that? Yeah. So you can, um, uh, there's, so Sparrow challenge is my, are my, um, is my nonprofit S P E R O challenge. Sparrow sounds like the bird, but it's Latin for I hope. And we're both on Instagram and Facebook, or you can uh, follow me on at Brian Bajari, B A J A R I Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, however you want to roll. Awesome. And, and then uh, I'm going to share this podcast too, brother, if Love that's it. okay. Absolutely. Right on, man. Yeah, this will be posted up uh, tonight probably. So uh, hopefully we get it out on the 6th, April 6th, Monday, I think today is. I'm supposed to release one. I haven't released it today yet. So getting out a little late, but that's okay. Got it real quick too. What, what, what have you said about, you know, of course, all the – you know, unfortunate reality. I've got a fifth grade son. He's not going to experience the rest of his fifth grade year. I know you have a lot of friends still in high school or not going to finish their senior years. What, what, what has been your advice to, uh, to, to young people, to students that are, are, you know, realizing that their senior year is gone or their. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, uh, it goes back to, you know, how, who you surround yourself with. So I've been trying to surround myself with people that are uh, going on the offense in this, in this, uh, okay, and, yeah. instead, of, instead of playing defense. And so I was on a Grant Cardone webinar uh, that he did. Uh, he wrote 10X. He's a fantastic businessman. Um, and, you know, he said uh, the first thing that everyone has to do in, in this situation is they, they have to realize that uh, you are going to grieve and you need to understand that, uh, yeah, this is, you are losing a lot, especially when, you know, my brother is a senior, uh, I'm sitting and I'm kind of helping them do sober grad as a recent, as kind of a fresh perspective. You know, when you have a bunch of parents trying to do sober grad, it, you know, sometimes you lose perspective of the students. So I have a unique opportunity to help them with that. Um, you know, but I've been in contact with my brother about that specifically. And, um, you know, he's really bummed out that he is, you know, missing out on the senior year, missing a lot of his, you know, one of his friends, uh, actually, uh, he is, uh, he, he signed a contract with the army and he graduated early, uh, to have this time to spend with his friends his last semester here. And now he's stuck at oh, home. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it is a, you know, and he's still going to, and he still has his deployment date for, you know, a week after he turns 18. And so, you know, that doesn't get to change. And so, accepting that you have lost a lot mm. and accepting that you are, you know, that you're going to go through the stages of grief, right? You're going to, you're going to deny it. You're going to get angry. You're going to bargain um, and be, and just sit in those emotions and work through them. Uh, be okay with it, right? Don't say that it's not a big deal because the reality is, is we haven't seen anything like this, right? So uh, if you are feeling, you know, not happy, if you are angry, uh, if you are upset, 
Those are all valid emotions. Uh, learn to accept them, you know, learn to just work through them. You don't have to work through them quickly, work through them at your pace. Um, and then be okay with just feeling, uh, just feel. Powerful. And so that's what, that's how I would, you know, that's the first thing you have to do. And then once you get through that, once you accept, you know, times are rough, lean into your passions, lean into the stuff that you haven't done, but feel first, right? It's okay to be a human. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's courageous. Like we just said, to be vulnerable. Wow. I love that. I love that. So that's what that's I awesome. Thank you. Um, can I share one quote and then, uh, as my closer? Absolutely. This is, uh, this is from, uh, Haruki Murakami, it's an amazing Japanese author that I love, and this is from a, a, a book called Kafka on the Shore, and, and he writes, and once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure, in fact, whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what this storm's all about. And we have the choice and responsibility to take an opportunity here as we're walking through this storm to live into our truest selves. Man, that was powerful. That gave me, that gave me some uh, goosebumps. That was good. I like that. Cool. Man, thank you so much. Well, well thank you, Connor, with you and, and the rest of your crew and, and, uh, uh, I can't wait to uh, do more of this with you in the t- future. Thank you so much for joining us on the Just Reminder podcast. I'm your host, Connor Cohan, and as always, we will see you all next time.